Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ooh. the Midgar Minute. I am Nick, joined by my faithful co-host, Chris. Chris, how's it going, dude? Oh, it's going great, Nick. Thank you for asking. Yeah, it's going great. And today we get to talk dirge. Oh, we yeah, get we're, to getting, talk, we're getting edgy, boys. We get to talk girls. dirge today, but we wouldn't be able to talk dirge if it was not for the lovely people of the Mosey Gang. The Mosey, oh, hell yeah. the Mosey Gang being those who donate monthly to keep us moving forward. Let's give a big shout out to them, why don't we? So, yes. big thank you to Ryan, Cameron, Jillian, Kyle, Charlotte, Scott, Dan M, Kevin, AJ, Garrett, Sam, and Danny. And Brianne. There I was go. just going to say, I think you forgot I, one. I missed one. <laughs> I didn't scroll down enough, but I didn't forget you, Brianne. I didn't forget there you. you. Go. But how could we? How could we? How could we? But anyway, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, really appreciate it. And if those of you listening feel compelled to join the Mosey Gang, you'll find an episode link. You'll find a link in our episode description mm. as well as our social media bios. So, without further ado, I mm. think the best part about this first episode, and I mean this in my heart of hearts. The best part about this first episode is we get to talk about this intro movie, which is actually yeah. quite stellar. Like, yeah, I think this is, I want to say, I'm not 100% sure, but at least definitely looks like the same studio that did Advent Children. Yeah. Uh, did these cutscenes, I believe. Yeah, at least when you look at Vincent, you can kind of see there's at least a similar framework of a model there. With the Advent yeah, Children, and, Vincent. You know, I guess it would kind of make sense because Dirge of Service is more or less a direct sequel to Advent Children. Yep. Basically, and as far as timeline goes, and I mean, it came out around the same time, right? They all came out say, right on top of each other. A lot of the compilation came out right on top of each other. Yeah, because Dirge of Service came out in Japan January 26, 06. It came out over here August 15th, 06. So, yeah, I think that's definitely around the same time as Advent Children and Crisis Core. So we got all that. We got them all within the nice, you know, few years or a few months of each other in some instances. Yeah. And um, I will say the animation is stellar. That's I think that's oh, the yeah. coolest thing. And I think it shows you how powerful a PS2 really was. And some of these high-res graphics that they were able to run. Because some of mm -hmm. the, like, down to the lighting is really really good it's not as good as advent children uh looks oh, like advent sure. children definitely looks better um but the ps2 does a really good job of bringing the most out of these sorts of graphics but um i yeah, do want for 06 <laughs> yeah right it's stellar for 06 actually so i don't want to i don't want to accuse dirge of cerberus of peaking oh. in its first moments <laughs> but i will say but... very like, if you want to talk about enthralling someone, like, imagine, you know, you're a big fan of FF7 and you just booted this game up and it cuts and it's raining. There's a storm and Yuffie is on the phone calling the shots. And it's just like, I don't know. It may, I, I hate, I, I, someone, we haven't been the kindest to Dirge on this podcast, but honestly, in these first it, like 30 to 60 seconds, I'm like, yo, this is kind of, this is getting me kind of hyped. Yeah, and and for full transparency's sake, neither of us have played Dirge of Service. We've neither of us Correct. have touched it with our own hands. Correct. I coming at it only, strictly from a story perspective. Yeah, and we're kind of this is mostly blind for us. I the only exposure that I've really had to Dirge of Service was 
back when it came out or around when it came out, I watched a friend play it for like 10 minutes and then uh, that's pretty much it. And then it's kind of just been tangential knowledge and like through memes and people just kind of generally ragging on it. But, you know, really, we kind of we're kind of going in with this, obviously trying with the open openest mindset possible. Um, and honestly, even within this first this first section, I've kind of like, yeah, the gameplay might be a little funky, but I'm more worried about or more looking forward to the story side of things, especially since all the stuff with Integrade now kind of making Dirge of Cerberus uh, matter again. Make you know, Dirge it's kind great of again. Yeah, and from we from what we've seen from Advent Children and Crisis Core already, um, I'm super interested to see how much Dirge of Cerberus is going to, if it has not already been called out, but if will be called out more so in the future with Integrade especially. Oh. And I think uh, that's really the kind of the real the real reason why we wanted to get into Dirge of Cerberus at least right right off the gate here, because um, it kind of it's kinda obviously going to be top of the list. Yeah, it's obviously going to be coming into play and very very soon. Um, mm-hmm. And it's great because I think what's going to be fun about going through all this is the moments like with, again in this sort of opening cutscene we have here, where you see Yuffie and Vincent have a nice little like back and forth, and you see a little bit of chemistry being applied. They're talking business. So, you know, the dialogue has to be straightforward to a point, but you kind of see them exchange this back and forth, and there's a party that goes, oh, so you're telling me we're playing as Yuffie and Integrade, we're going into deep ground, does this whole thing end with Vincent? And, like, there's there's moments, and we're going to get to it, there are Mm -hmm. moments in this first first episode where... um, we see things like that that excite us, and then there are moments that make us go, uh, oh, oh, no, no, that's not going to be an integrate, is yeah. it? So, yeah. Like, well, we'll let's get enjoy there. the ride. Let's find out what we're hoping for and hoping against along the way. Because I know that's that's essentially the lens I'm looking at this through is, all right, what for would sure. I keep and what would I sever off completely? Yeah, because that, that's, yeah, from from what we've, cur- our current landscape of FF7 Remake it seems as though they're going to be taking a lot of the compilation material and bringing it in and repurposing it into creating this greater overall narrative. And now the fun part is, like you said, being able to sort of see, okay, are they going to keep that? Are they going to kind of like what we, you know, in the beginning stages of remake, we're like, are they going to keep the cross-dressing scene? Are they going to do it this way? Are they going to do that? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like another game of that where you're just like, Oh, are they gonna are they gonna keep certain characters that may that we're kind of maybe have in mind that we hope maybe don't show up in a major capacity? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, you know, maybe there's some things that we do like. And hey, you know, speaking of which, uh Steve Bloom making his return as Vincent uh for this game. Does a good he, job. Vo- he voiced him in Advent Children. And I think I mean, of course, you know, this is two thousand six, this is peak peak bloom time. <laughs> Uh, he's a very prolific guy, um, and it kind of makes me think that, I mean, I don't know if they would get him back for a remake. That would be amazing if they did, because um, it's, it's Vincent, I feel like, is one of those characters where you kind of, you have to, whoever does voice him has to do it right. You know what I mean? Yes, he's a very it's particular like, character. He has to be cold but expressive, you know? Yeah, because for a lot of these characters, you know, for someone like Red Thirteen, for example, like we didn't really know what he sounded like until remake, mm-hmm. and they nailed it out of the park mm-hmm. with him. And I think whoever his voice actor is does a phenomenal job. 
And I feel like going forward, and I know we kind of talked about this on the Discord a little bit, is like, hopefully going forward, we're going to, you know, I think voice acting has taken much higher place in gaming overall in the past couple of years. So I think no matter who we get, I feel like they're going to at least be able, you know, I mean, they may not be exactly. They haven't casted anybody wrong so far. Right, right. And I think that moving forward, I mean, the, the real interesting, the real interesting part is going to be who is going to be Kate Sith, uh, considering that this is now because I. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to him jumping ahead. But yeah, I will. We'll get, you know, you know, yeah, well, I'll I don't want to blow my Kate Sith load right huh. at the beginning of the episode here. Um, but yeah, spoilers. Kate Sith is in this game. <laughs> Uh, my favorite Final Fantasy VII character, Kate Sith. Well, I have to tell you, and we'll talk about it when we get to it, Kate Sith's appearance, to me, actually shows me what his potential as a character is. I will yes, say. And I, I, in, his willing... one little, in his one little appearance in this chapter we're going over, it's already a million times better than his Advent Children incarnation. Like, already. Just right off the bat, one, two, three. There's okay, more potential, this is a, I will say. Yeah. There's more potential there, and I am, I'm also willing to be open to his. I'm, I'm sure they're going to sort of rework him in remake, um, or at least I hope so, <laughs> because I was always Kate Sith has always kind of been my sort of not my least favorite character, but least inspiring character. Yeah, one like the one party member that I was just like. You could just not have been in this game, and I would have totally not cared. <laughs> it's like yes, <laughs> but like he does. That's the thing, though. He does play a but very he's, important he's part. He's a of the very plot. big part, and that's what yeah. I think. Like made me kind of resent him a little bit more. <laughs> it's just like, man, I really wish that you were you were like Yuffie or Vincent, and I could just totally, <laughs> you just totally optional you. But uh, but yeah, we're we're getting a little too far ahead. But uh, yeah, yeah, so like, we can bring the, it back to what's actually going on yes, between Yuffie yes. and Vincent. So essentially, Yuffie. they're wrapping up their mission. But then Vincent says, yeah. "I want you to check the Mako Cannon." Yuffie uses her cool little infrared gadget, and they see there's somebody else up there. Mm. Uh oh, and who's cool. not supposed to be up there, right? And just to remind you, just in case you forgot, they want to remind mm. you it's an FF7 game. Vincent instructs Yuffie to meet up with Cloud and rendezvous with the others. Just to just to let you know. Yes, because this just is taking you know. place. This is taking place at the end of the original FF Seven, where Meteor is. You could see Meteor coming towards the planet. Yes, and the, and the whole this whole thing is happening while Yuffie is sort of manning the evacuation effort in Midgar, mm -hmm. at least in this little section here, mm -hmm. um, which I think is really cool. Um. Yeah, and and I think the stuff that happens after this, um, especially since knowing what happens at the end of this game, yeah, uh, and a certain character that we've already uh, are we know is going to make a return in some form in remake. Um, but anyway, I'm again getting ahead of myself. I'm sorry. All good, man. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we see on the t on the uh, the big old gun there. There's supposed to be. There's not supposed to be anybody up there. Because uh, we killed everybody who was supposed to be up there before. <laughs> but Vincent's like, nah, give it one more someone's look. up there. Let's give it one more look. And we see good old, good old Hojo's body laying there, as it should. He doesn't look too good. Doesn't look too good. Um, and I like the idea that Vincent is literally just about to, like, 
plug him up full of holes, and then an act of God happens? Fate, Chris. We've been over this. Fate. Someone someone used Thundaga? No. <laughs> this was the whispers before we could see him. I guess I guess so. This yeah, this is yeah, this is pre, uh, proto whisper technology. <laughs> when because back when they were like, yeah, we we don't want to show our actual corporeal bodies, so we're just gonna do these like weird acts of God, basically, <laughs> and just be like, oh, do, do, oh, what happened? We don't know. It's but collapsing, we, even, and you gotta even get we out of there. Know. Because uh, yeah, then Yuffie, as the as things are kind of going to shit. Yuffie comes on this like air bike, the air scooter, thing. the air scooter. I want this air scooter in remake in real life. I'd probably die on it, but like I want this air <laughs> scooter, man. That would be pretty dope. I hope. I hope there are some sort of like mounts in the future. Well, there were there was tons of them in and, the OG. You know what I'm saying? Right. They were a big part yeah. of the OG. There was the you know the the with like the moon the moon. Uh, I always called it like the moon. Uh, the buggy? Rover. Are you talking about the buggy? Yeah, the buggy. The yeah. buggy. I love the buggy. <laughs> buggy breaks great. down the, the, at Cosmo Canyon. The good old OG. But uh, yeah, then we see as they're making their daring escape that uh, the computer, uh, Hojo's body was kind of slumped over in front of a terminal. And then as we see as they're they're making their escape that that terminal says that there's something, some program is running on it. And we don't know what that program is because it cuts to black. And then we get the <laughs> then we get the intro sequence, which a lot of it was just showing that same cutscene that we just saw. Yeah, which was, I thought kind of funny because <laughs> like they don't. I guess they you know they don't want to show you all the all the crazy CG budget there. But there's one very important title. You know, I, I was surprised. I did well. I did. I knew that Nomura didn't direct this one, but I didn't know that he was still. Uh, he was a character, lead character designer on it, which I guess makes sense because he always is, right? Yeah, he always in, is in most in most uh, parts. But the most important credit uh, on this this uh, <laughs> this intro video is at the very end, where the, it says the theme song is by our good old boy Gact, hey! and just kind of thrown in there, kind of nonchalantly. But you got to remember that, yeah, he was. Like that was sort of his deal, aside from wanting to be made an entire character, is that he was doing like music stuff for this. And I will say, by the way, another uh, the the composer for this uh, uh, Masahashi Hamazu Hamauzu. I th- hopefully I'm saying that close right. enough, dude. Um, which was uh, they they did actually they did a lot of work on remake as well, which I feel like there are certain points. And from what I was watching just for this episode that I was watching, I'm like, I can definitely hear some remake stuff in there. And I don't know what it is. Like, some of the way some of the guitars are playing, I feel like there's, like, certain sections. I think maybe when... Uh, I want to say maybe when the pillar's coming down. I would have to re-listen to it. But, like, the music that's playing when the pillar's coming down, it has, like, the, you know, the crazy kind of that guitar going on and stuff. And I feel like I hear that similar sort of style in this game. And I wonder if it was by the same composer. Yeah. It'd be worth looking into. I don't know. Yeah. And it's like, I'm always interested, you know, when it comes to a final fantasy game, if it's not Uematsu, I'm always interested to see who's doing it. And then just be like, Oh, it's just, you know, and then go like, Oh, they've been doing stuff on JRPGs for a while. And then 
Uematsu like picked him up and it's like, oh, you're gonna work for me now. <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna make you're gonna make work for uh, Final Fantasy games from now on. And then we're all gonna collaborate together on the remake, which is it's fucking amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so we get, uh, after our nice little uh, title sequence there, we get we get a uh, endgame-like <laughs> uh, three years later. Three just years later. Straight up raw, you know, like, oh, God. And then, uh, so now, in terms of the timeline, we are now one year after Advent, Advent Children. Children. Yep. So... Uh, things are not looking too good for our pal Vincent, as we see that he's still uh, edge-lording it up uh, by a good old Lucrezia, who's still in her crystal. Yes, which I have to say, it looks stunning. That scene, it does. I will it say. really does. It, it looks. I would can't wait to see something like that in 1080p or 4K. That's it's going to be something else. But I find it. How do I put it? Shit. Move on. Move on. When I find the words for what I'm trying to say, I'll, I'll jump back in. Yeah, no. It's, I think uh, I think it, it looks really good. Um, and I, I honestly, it does remind me a little bit. I don't know. For some reason, it, it gives me a lot of, like, FF10 vibes for some reason. The crystals. I don't know why. Because yeah. she's contained in crystals. So it kind of reminds contained. me of, like, the Nova Crystallis stuff going on. In, right. In exactly. Exactly. Um, but I, I, I recalled what I was trying to get at. There's something about sure. this thematically that actually something between Vincent and Lucretia here um, kind of reminds me of actually what's going on with Leslie in the remake, right? So, like, oh. you know, recall, okay. recalling Vincent's backstory, like, Lucretia's that forbidden lover, right? He had a love for Lucretia, but um, let's just say fate got in the way of the two of them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um it's kind of interesting to see that being revisited with other characters. Not that we're not going to see it play out in remake, but yeah, you know, there's some interesting parallels there of like that, either not necessarily the forbidden lover or the, um, lovers separated by fate or circumstance. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, there's definitely that sort of tinge of that in Leslie's story. It's, it's a little bit more, obviously it's like a different circumstance. Very different. That's still, that's sort of like, you know, well, it's like he's yeah, like the slum world. He's like the order. slum world version of it, right? Like Vincent and Lucretia right. are like the Shinra version of that story, whereas um, Leslie and his fiance are that um, what do you call him? That wall market Don Corneo version of the story. It's like as exactly. a, as above, so below. What happens up on the plate or at Shinra HQ? You're seeing it re- that same cycle repeat itself here in the slums and wall market. Mm-hmm. There's something about exactly. that that I find very uh, very. Compelling, to say the least. Poetic. Poetic, there it is. You might say. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then uh, we get we get treated to more uh, more high-budget cutscene uh, where we got Vincent doing his signature sort of laying down pose, which I feel like he does a lot in this game from a what lot. I've already seen. He does that kind of like, eh, I'm just going to sit here on my back arm a little bit. Um, and we get we see this newscast that's uh, happening about uh, there's this Midgar has been a long abandoned at this point, um, and there was this this door I forgot exactly where they said where it was it was like in the heart of the Shinra headquarters like underneath it, 
And uh, apparently there was a lot of, you know, crazy experiments that were done on human testing and all that kind of stuff as we're kind of, and honestly, I, I'm a huge sucker for like, um, expository dialogue that's happening sort of, you know, not, not, there's not like a character talking to another character. It's just kind of happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you, you see in a movie like, oh, that'll be kind of like this where there's like a news report going on in the background or something like that, right? And you kind of are getting little bits and pieces of story from that. And like you're kind of following along these this news reporter following in this dig team or whatever. And you can kind of see, you can see on the bottom of the screen, it says that, you know, this news crew along with however many other workers are d- declared missing, right? And this mm-hmm. is like the last transmission that they had before they went missing, and that if you can, as you're listening to it, um, it kind of goes back and forth between the TV and like Vincent kind of being all broody and, and edgy. Well, um, well, if I recall, he's reflecting on Lucretia in that vision before saying, I'm sorry. And he's like, why? I should be the one apologizing. And I guess just to cover, just in case anyone who's listening mm-hmm. who may not know, Lucretia, Vincent's uh, former love, is Sephiroth's birth mother. And mm-hmm. we're gonna get more into that as this yeah, goes on. It'll 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 become more relevant. But just in <laughs> case the story goes just on. in case there's a missing piece of lore, there's something for you to there's something for you to chew on that can maybe contextualize what's about to start unfolding before us here in Dirge. Yeah. Now that you're talking just... about Shinra's secrets of human experimentation being uncovered. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and then you speaking know Speaking of Sephiroth's birth. Mother. Speaking of Sephiroth's birth. <laughs> um I do like yeah, as as we're we're seeing this news story sort of unfold, right? And then uh you know, Vincent is also by the way, as all this is going on, he's in calm, uh just kinda hanging out, I guess, doing his whatever he's doing. Um and there's like a festival going on outside. And just as like the camera kind of fades away from the T V and you can hear the news reporter saying, wait, hold on, I see something. And then it cuts off and then it cuts to fireworks and like all this big festivals mm-hmm. going on and calm. And I just like, ooh, I love that like little foreboding like thing that I feel like you wouldn't necessarily, unless you were paying attention, you wouldn't necessarily pick up on it, you know, mm-hmm. of like, oh, there's this stuff going on, this interesting thing that's going on that we can't see. Uh, but then we get treated to kind of like this, you know, we get we get to look around calm and there's there's this some festival i don't think they have it's like a specific type of festival maybe they mention it at some other point but i think it's just you know hey we're at, we want to have a festival so mm-hmm. we're gonna have one and uh, we're gonna spend a lot of budget on making some really nice looking dresses and <laughs> girls dancing gotta flex them. dude gotta, fle- gotta flex CGI that dress budget gotta flex it's like hey look at all these f- fabric simulations that we can do uh look at all this it costs <laughs> a bajillion dollars uh <laughs> And then, well, it's all short-lived, unfortunately, as uh, they start to get attacked by these helicopters, um, at, at these these like air flying planes that are, I guess they're kind of helicopters. But I think the the more noteworthy thing about them is that they have like these wings that go out to the side that they deploy like these troops on, like these wires, basically. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's kind of wacky, but I also think it's kind of cool. <laughs> From like a, you know, like, uh, I don't know, from like a military standpoint, it's just like, oh, they're like kind of sort of paratroopers, but they kind of, they have that I one line, but this is our first introduction to, we don't really, we don't know their name yet, but deep ground, because we see the soldiers, the exact same types of soldiers that we see at the end of that integrate trailer. Yep. With, uh, with you. Same and, damn and design. Sonon. 
the same, literally the same. And I, when I was watching this again before this episode, I was just like, oh, okay. All right. (laughs) So we're just, it's not even like, oh, it kind of looks like it. Like, no, it's exactly the same. It is. Um, And then we get, uh, we sort of, uh, this game does not spend any time in getting us to the sort of the tone of this game because uh, these soldiers, they get dropped down on, you know, all these civilians that are having a party and having a good time. And they just start opening up on them. Uh, and just start killing them. To paint a word picture, I'd say just picture FF Seven meets Resident Evil, and that that's yeah. that's kind of that's kind of what we've or like the the there. airport scene in that Call of Duty game. Boom, <laughs> you know yeah. it's kind of like that, and it's I'm like this game. I mean, I know I could already tell that this game more has more of a darker edge to it. Um but I think that's more, and obviously there's like the meme, you know, obviously Vincent being an edgelord and everything like that. But I think this game's entire tone is sort of kind of, and it's, I guess it makes sense because Vincent is the main character of the story. So I feel like they kind of want to make an edgier overall experience. And not to say that FF7 is necessarily light by any, by any means at all. Cause it's a very, there's a lot of really dark subject matter in FF7, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's always kind of presented. I guess maybe, you know, with the PS1 graphics, it always seemed kind of like... to balance it out, too. That's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the thing of like, oh, you know, you go from, you know, uh, you know, the Honeybee Inn and all that Corneo Mansion, and then, you know, you get to Hojo, and he's like, yeah, I was planning to have Red 13. Fuck Aerith. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, so it's like that, all is right. it? All right. <laughs> it's just not so matter-of-factly. Uh, I love. I I just re- recently watched that uh, watched that event unfold in OGFF seven. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, I totally like when I was a kid, I did not pick up on that at all whatsoever. <laughs> but then, like watching it and seeing it as an adult and being like, oh, oh god. And then they kind of they kind of touched on that in uh, in remake, but it made it Sephiroth instead of Red, which I, makes more sense. Makes more li- sense. A little less fucked up. Ma- makes more. Watch this. Makes more sense. A little less fucked up, but scarier. Definitely just scarier. Imagine you had the offspring of Sephiroth and Aerith, and that it was just mind tortured by Hojo. It would, just, it would be God. It would just be God. It would. It would I wouldn't just <laughs> be judging God, by how it would be an angry and vengeful God. Because we know we already know how strong Sephiroth is, and we know how strong Aerith is in in remake, and I in OG too, I guess. Um, and yeah, their offspring would just be like the most OP toddler to ever. It would <laughs> exist. be. It would be something else. OP fetus. It'd be a sight to behold. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then we uh, we basically for a good chunk here, we get uh, Vincent sort of running around and we get to see our first um, look at the gameplay of this game. And now I would like to, I'd like to say that everyone remember, if you're going to go look this up uh, and see what this game actually looks like, if you have not actually seen it, uh, this game came out in 2006. All right. And I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be an apologist for w- this game or whatever, but uh, you know, cause I was always, I was one of those people that was, kind of like shitting on the game because I was like, ah, it's not a, it's not an RPG, so fuck it. But there is some, some stuff there. 
that make it kind of interesting. Because it's a for those of you who don't know, it's the first slash third person shooter, basically. Yeah. With like some you, you do like some melee stuff, but it's primarily a shooter. And I was saying this in the pre roll. It's like when I w- when I watch the gameplay and I watch it through, there's really nothing about it that makes me want to even give it a try however when i see the lengths that they went to with the gameplay and i actually see like the rpg elements and the Mm -hmm. the uh the user interface for swapping out different weapons and and different items and i see all that and it i respect what they were trying to do here right and i do think like if this was something they ever wanted to revisit don't revisit it in the world of FF7, but if Square wanted to revisit this, <laughs> I think there's a framework yeah, with a potential. Different, a different game with like this similar type of mechanics. I could totally see that too, and I feel like <sighs> this is I, basically what I was trying to get to before was that this is before games of this nature were sort of standardized. And games that, like, third-person action games weren't... There was not really a, you know... Nowadays, games are pretty much standardized, where it's like, if you're playing a first-person shooter, you're pretty much going to know how that operates, right? Because they all kind of operate the same, more or less. pretty much. And this is back in the Wild West days, where everyone... No one knew what the fuck was going on, and there were no standards, there was no nothing. It was just kind of, ah, just whatever you think makes sense. Make it work. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but from, for all the things that are said and done and how, I mean, when the gameplay starts, when, <laughs> on the, you know, when we see it here, you can see that, cri- uh, that crispity, crunchity sort of like, it's a little janky, right? But mind you, this was, cause since this was a PS2 game, it did have mouse and keyboard support, which was kind of, uh, an interesting tidbit that I learned. Yeah. For people who don't know, you could pretty much attach any USB keyboard and mouse to a PS2, and it would just work with any game that allowed or had support for it. Ahead of its time, ladies and gentlemen. Ahead of its time. Oh, way ahead of its time. And then on top of that, when I was also kind of watching it, I was like, you know what? This game, I feel like, would have been a lot better if it was just a light gun game. (laughs) Which I think you could potentially... I think you could technically play with a light gun, too. Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, I because I'd be more inclined to play it if you were if that were the case, right? And and here's the thing is that you know there is precedent for light gun games that are sort of story driven, okay, sort of because uh, there there were Resident Evil games that were light gun games that were more story. You know, they were they were retelling the events of the other games, but you know, I think there's. There's a thing there is that you could totally, in this time, because this is kind of the Twilight era of light gun games, because this was about to be right before HD TVs came out and smart TVs where you couldn't use a light gun on them. So I feel like this would have been like a nice little swan song for that era if they had implemented that here. But, you know, because from, from what I've seen so far, the game doesn't really, like, it being a third-person action game... There's nothing that is I've seen so far that makes me think, oh yeah, this needed to be a third person action game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm not seeing anything it's not, that screams it's that not, out of me either. It's not as deep as something like a Devil May Cry, which, you know, I at this point I don't I don't Devil May Cry three might have been out at this time. But um you know, it, it's it's one of those things where I feel like they had they just didn't know exactly which direction they wanted to go in with it gameplay wise, maybe. 
And they were just like, oh, let's try this because it's new and different. Instead of, I don't know, anything else. Instead, oh, yeah, no. Instead of, you know, the turn-based RP, like... Yeah, or, or anything, because, like, here's the thing, is that, like, I don't mind them going for a different genre. I, right? I, have, to be, I have to be honest with you. As happy as I am with the action RPG and remake, I think I'll, I'll stand by. It is probably my favorite combat in any game ever. ever. Now, mm -hmm. with that said, I don't understand why, after creating one of, if not the most successful turn-based RPG in its day, that Square had such an aversion to any of the sequels just... Or com compilation material, just being a turn-based RPG. Like I just don't know why, not, like none of yeah. Because even Cry like even Crisis Core was more active in that sense, and I guess maybe they were trying to. And I get that before Crisis has an element of it, right? But it's like right. But that was a phone game, right? You know, it's like <laughs> I, I'm I'm honestly shocked that there was just some part of them that was like, hey, you know, no, we could do, we can make more FF7 content. Great. If it ain't broke, let's change it. <laughs> you know I mean? And again, don't get me wrong. I am happy we're in the action RPG world. Crisis Core was a step in the right direction. I I just don't know what compelled them to want to do this gun game and why they didn't just make it a good a good just standard turn based RPG. Because I feel like the reason anybody took Dirge of Cerberus off the shelves in the two thousands was to get some story content, not. To... Not for that that deep gameplay. Yeah, I guess that's because all I'm saying. It's it's and it's funny now because you know with FF16 is going to be more of a third person y action y sort of thing. Yeah, you know instead of instead of a more of a traditional turn based and even remake is more action y than RPG ish. Yeah, no, 100%. it's it's more of an action RPG than a traditional RPG. I guess I should say. Hundred percent. So it's like I guess they were maybe a little bit ahead of their time, and like I said, this is before. You know, see, I, mean, I can see that with Crisis Core. With right, you know, absolutely. Because, well, Crisis Core is a little bit more closer to the subject material, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's not as far of a step, right? Correct. But here's the thing is that I feel like, again, this is this is before the days, like, back, you know, this was the Wild West. You know, it's like no one knew what anyone was doing. It was all just kind of trying new stuff out, right? Yep. And sometimes it bankrupted a company. Sometimes, you know, it ended up being a smash hit or whatever. But, yeah, this was a time when people took a lot more chances. But there was also, it's like, there was, like, nowadays there are spinoff games. Like, we were just, before we were talking about Persona 5 Strikers, which is a game that is very much close to its subject material while also being a different type of game. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, we've we've sort of reached the point where now, like, these developers have... Sort of, you know, I think maybe, who knows, maybe Dirge of Service has been uh, used as an example to uh, some of these other studios of, like, this is what you don't do when you're trying to yeah, trying make to another another genre in your game, you know? But I feel like lately we've been seeing games sort of, sort of ape their own traditional um, genre and style and adopting a new one and being successful at it. So... You know, like I said, if they wanted to, if they ever wanted to redo D Dirge of Cerberus at some point, I think they could make it a lot better in terms of gameplay, at least, because I, I will not speak to the story yet because I'm relatively blind going into the story. I know a little bit of details from the very end of the of the game and what we are talking about right now. <laughs> yeah. And that's as far as my knowledge goes. Um, so I think it's Dirge of Cerberus to me, at least so far, seems like a game of a lot of potential that just got wasted. 
in more ways than one. It's starting but, to look that way. But here's the thing now is that I say I would have said that before, but now seeing where remake's going, maybe that potential's no longer wasted or may maybe not be it's wasted be realized. Maybe it'll finally find its home and maybe we'll finally see the true envision of what Dirge of Cerberus was supposed to be. That, and I think what's cool, right, is, look, you have this, you have Dirge of Cerberus, which is taking place three, like, a year after Advent Children, right? Mm -hmm. And, okay, look, let's be honest, knowing how Dirge of Cerberus ends, it's not an ending. Like, it's the furthest in the canon, (laughs) but it's not an ending. I think... Yeah, but they kept it open. Yeah, so I think what's cool about what they're doing with remake is that we're not going to go through the end of og and advent children and then go settle dirge stuff i think what they're cleverly doing now that again we've severed ourselves we'll handle it fate, all at once is, yes let's just integrate it into hey. the current events hey. hmm. mm-hmm. that sounds like the thing that they're doing the thing yes <laughs> the thing meister not so not so subtly i think that's that's probably exactly what they're doing you know especially now with all the evidence that we have i think that's a pretty good assumption to have is that they're gonna hey we're just why don't we why don't we just do it all at once <laughs> yes i think again i think what they're gonna do is try and or at least plant the seeds early it, you know or at least plant the seeds early i think Again, the tragedy of Loveless is it doesn't have an ending. And I think there's no point in mm. doing all of this unless they have a way to cap all of this off. Mm-hmm. And I think that's hopefully what we'll see at the end. Whenever the dust of Remake is settled, I think hopefully that's what we'll... We'll be saying this at the at the end of the journey. Hopefully we'll say, yep, that was all worth that it. That was all worth it. <laughs> it was all worth it. Reintroduce, reintroducing Deep Ground and, and, and Weiss, uh, sure, that was great. I'm glad that they did that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, at this, at this point, there's, there's a lot of gameplay that happens in this, in this first chapter of the game here, which is uh, odd considering kind of the opposite of what Crisis Core was, where there was like little bits of gameplay, but then again, Crisis Core was a handheld game, whereas this was a full-blown console game. Yes. So there's going to be a little bit, I think, more towards uh, the gameplay side of things, you know, for better or worse. Uh, but you know, thankfully, we don't have to play it, so uh, <laughs> that won't that part won't be affecting us as much. Thank you, Crabman Gaming. Yes, Crabman Gaming shouts out. Also, I, I was also watching a Maximilian dude uh, play through it as well. Uh, and th- thank those brave souls for the doing the Lord's work. Doing it again, doing it so we don't have to. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, so yes, uh, yeah. So everyone in town's getting murdered. Everyone in comms getting the shit kicked out it's of them. It's not good. And uh, we can see that because um, there's this other little cutscene where there's like this uh, mother and her child are being cornered by these uh, dog things. And they're scanning them. Deep ground dogs. And one of and the the little kid. It says that they're clear. And I didn't actually. It'd be interesting. I'd be interested to see because I can probably pause it, pause on it now. But there was another, like the the kid was clear, but the mother was something else. Like some something was noticed within her. Uh oh. And it looked like at the very beginning, it looked like they were scanning people. 
And there was like people were either they were green, clear, or they were red, and it's like something else was needed in there. to be dealt with. Yeah, I'm um, just coming up with, on the scene here. Let me just see if I can pause it, and because it's very quick. Uh, oh god, something beast, be geostigma? Am- no. Hold on, that's not that can't say geostigma. There's no geostigma at this point. <laughs> oh man, it's so fast, and I know I know it's something. That it's got to be important, for sure. I just can't, and I'm sure it's going to come up later. And I'm trying. It'll. So I mean, hard. it'll come up later. G. It, it says it looks like the and the font is also kind of weird, but it looks like it says geo. No, actually, it just it looks like it says geostigma. Actually, <laughs> so maybe. Geostigma we'll, is back? We'll see. Hmm. We'll see. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm starting to I'm starting to think now. I'm like, uh, I guess actually that would make sense. <laughs> Maybe with some things that I know later on. Uh, and that just didn't uh, really click with me right away. But, uh, yeah, so then we, uh, we get introduced to some minor villains. Um... Who I uh, at the, we we do find out the name of one. Can I can uh, I can I jump in for a second? I'm gonna let you. Uh, I'm gonna let you present uh, this character. I just want to call uh-huh. us back. So if you guys remember earlier when I said at the start <laughs> when Vincent and Yuffie were going back and forth, I had that moment of. <gasps> So if we're going back to Dirge or tying in Dirge and Vincent and Yuffie are connected in Dirge, does that mean mm-hmm. we're going to get to the end of Integrate and Vincent will be there and how exciting these prospects are? Well, here's mm-hmm. the flip side. Chris, please continue. Yeah, so we are introduced to uh, Azul the Cerulean. Let me translate that for the folks at home. Blue the Blue. Uh, Blues Clues himself, um, <laughs> and uh, another another lady who is uh, we I I don't think we I know her name I know that her name is Shelk, but uh, we don't know I don't think we find we out find her name until out. we don't find that out in this first episode. Um, but yeah, we see the two of them and they're hunting after Vincent for unknown reasons. Um, and then we are we get to. <laughs> Oh uh, god, I'm I'm sorry. Just uh, Azul the Cerulean. Um, blue the blue. Holy fuck! That is a horrible. That is like if my eyes almost rolled out of my fucking head when I heard that name, because <laughs> I'm like, I, maybe I'm understanding why people didn't like Dirt of Cerberus. This wasn't a good start. <laughs> just based when on this one guy. When you're alone. gonna give your like first new antagonist, it's just like I. The design is cool. Let's say that. Let's let's okay. Let's extend yes, the olive let, branch. Well, the design yes, credit the where credit is cool. due. His design is actually all right. It's very blue. If you wouldn't have guessed, and it, <laughs> he's got blue hair. It's funny. We said this in the pre-roll. If his name was just Azul, it's not great. It's not great, but it's better than Azul the Cerulean. Yes, it's a thousand times better than Azul the Cerulean. Yes, you know, it's like it's like calling it's like. Imagine if Scarlet's name was Scarlet the Red, or Scarlet the Crimson, yeah, or you know what I mean, or yeah. something like that. <laughs> Although actually, that's kind of more rad than the Azul the Cerulean. If I'm if I'm gonna be honest, but it's still just it's that's got that same energy. And we were also saying during the pre rolls, like if the if the other villains were named or had that similar naming convention, I wouldn't mind it nearly as much. 
I don't think. I mean, I think I still think it was dumb, but I feel like I wouldn't have minded it as as much as I did if it's just this one dude. Yeah, which it's just him. But uh, we come to find out that uh, <laughs> our our boy Azul is part of a uh, elite unit called the. God, I'm Sviets. gonna Sviets. I'm gonna Sviets. I'm I'm gonna say Think of that Sven. I'm probably Think of like the name Sven. Sveta. Sviets. Uh, Sviets. Um, yes, and then we get uh, our first our first name drop of Vice. Um, and they just straight up say Hail Vice, and then they get, then the goons say Hail Vice. And then they start shooting up the place again. See, okay, like this is this is the kind of on the nose that I could deal with, you know, character yeah. named Vice, Hail Vice. Okay, I could see. Yeah, we got a we got a very bad, Sviets. devilish little yeah. cult going on here. Very okay, okay little on the nose, but I like it. European edginess going on. Yeah, I'm 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 and seeing you see, it. You know I'm seeing nice it. That his name is just Vice. It's just Vice, not, you know. It's a normal ass. It's a. I mean, you know, it's a normaler name. Not like, not like Vice the Sinful. <laughs> you know, like, just Vice. <laughs> very. <laughs> it's very yeah, just very straightforward. On the nose, I mean, but clean. That's probably the most straightforward thing about that character, from what I remember. So, Prob- you know, at least at least he's got that going for him. <laughs> but uh, yes, and then we get. Um, we get our uh, we get to see our good old pal Reeve Tuesty coming back. Yo, Reeve, he, he he survived. I will say, well, I, well we knew that, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh great, yeah, Reeve's here, everyone. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I want to say, I want to say, since since we since designs are probably the most complimentary section of this game that we're going to get to. I do, I do like Reeves. Were you going to say Reeves' outfit? Uh, and I'll tell you why. So, through this game, obviously, Reeve and Vincent work together a lot. And I mm-hmm. kind of like that red-blue dynamic. And then if yeah. you rope in Yuffie, you have that red-blue-green. Blue and green. Yeah, Ooh, the, the pro- starters. Yeah, there you go. Uh. And I was very happy because the blue on 2SD allowed me to forget about Azul for a while. Oh yeah! Oh <laughs> yeah! It's a much nicer blue. Like, okay, good. Um, he's not gonna own and, the blue. Yeah, he's, we're not gonna have the. <laughs> oh, oh, Mister owns the blue around here. Uh, I just realized actually we we did skip over something a very slight potentially, um, the proto materia. Yes, 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 yes. When uh, when Azul and and Shelk come and find Vincent, they say, "Where's the proto materia?" And Vincent's like, "What?" <laughs> And then the what now? Azul Azul announces himself, and then it's just like, oh, fuck the proto materia. What the fuck is up with your name? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we kind of had um, hypothesized. We were talking about last episode when we were talking about um, Integrade and the Yuffie DLC. That uh, what what materia is Yuffie after? Right, and we were kind of hypothesizing maybe it's the black materia, maybe it's. You uh, know. Some Bahamut, uh, some material, some materia of sorts, or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But it could potentially, if if Dirge of Service and Deep Ground and all this stuff is going to play a big picture or a big part of the Yuffie DLC, maybe it's this proto materia that they're speaking of, which I have no memory of whatsoever. So, if that ends up being something that would make it impossible for it to show up again, which I don't see how that would be, but. I think I think it's something that we should keep our eye on at least, and it's definitely at least going to be a big plot device of this game. So 
hopefully maybe in the future we'll see if potentially maybe that is tied to what we're going to see. It might be. In, it uh, might in be. In remakes future. And I just, you know, there's not really much to go on other than it was name dropped and that was really it. Because uh, Vincent didn't really bring anything up about it or, or anything like that. So it was something that's mentioned and it's probably something that we should keep in all of our collective back of our heads, I guess, moving forward. But uh, going back to Reeve, I love that when uh, Reeve shows up, uh, one of the, the first thing that Vincent says to him is like, "Oh, I like the alf- I like the uh, the clothes that you got on, or so he like I like I like your outfit, or something." He says, obviously referring to his, uh, you know, his Kate Sith or Ketchi, whatever. I'm gonna say Kate Ketchu. Sith. I know people. If you wanted to, is Ketchu? I believe. I know. Yeah, I know Ketchi, Ketchu. I know that's the the actual name or the actual way to say it. I don't it. think our mostly Western audience will mind the Kate Sith. Yes. I'm sorry to, um, yeah, let me, let me check anchor. Let to, me check. I, I know, I'll I know we have, this. I know we have a few Irish fans. Um, and I, I do want to apologize. We'll we, uh, yeah. We got 4% of the audience is Ireland. So, so, so our, our Irela, Irelanders, Irelanders, <laughs> Irelandites, I apologize. I'm part Irish myself, so I think it's okay if I say it the wrong way. It definitely softens the blow. <laughs> it's it, it softens the blow. So, and you know, it's uh, and who knows? Maybe you know at, in remake because we haven't heard his name said by anybody yet. Is his Kate Sith name at least? We have not heard that name said aloud by anybody. So who knows? Maybe they might take this chance, much like they did with Aerith. Maybe they'll take this chance to be like, oh, it's this or that, you know? Yeah, they're still collecting so, market research on it. Yeah, so I'm, I, it's probably it's probably going to stay Kate Sith, honestly. But We'll see. You know, for the purposes of, uh, of us discussing the character and, and all the things around him, uh, we'll be calling him Kate Sith from here on forward. But, uh, yeah, so this uh, we learn about... Azul the Cerulean a little bit more in the in the Sviets, um, from from our good pal Reeve. And uh, we don't get to learn too much because he gets fucking lit the fuck up. Oh, lit up hard. <laughs> and uh, then we get to see that oh he was actually just Kate Sith wearing a Reeve suit, <laughs> which I don't want to understand the optics of that. Uh, and I try not I to think, think about it too much. I just think Kate Sith is um, a master of disguises, you might say. Yeah, he's a master of oh, disguises. No. and Chris, yeah. the toilet is making bubble noises. So let's just like hold on. We can clap ourselves back in, but I just want to make sure my bathroom isn't flooding. Sure, okay. okay. Cool. <laughs> That's important. Do 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 technical difficulties but do do but Nick might have an overflowing toilet maybe we don't know and maybe he'll keep this in the episode <laughs> hopefully he remembers to edit it out and I don't make things harder for him by talking during this point <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. All right, so no you, no you flood, but when I went to flush the toilet, it, it rose. We didn't flood, but it rose. Mm. So I'm like, mm. oh, no, is this a situation? Is this something that has to be fixed and dealt with? And the answer is probably yes. So I'm a little bummed out, but. But uh, I mean, we're we're almost there. We'll 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 persevere. We'll we'll wrap this we'll wrap this up pretty quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's. Uh. Well, three, two, one, and it's pretty easy. We're talking about Kate Sith, so I feel like that'll be easy to jump back onto. Yeah. All right, okay. All right, let's three, two, one, clap it. Three, two, one. One. Yeah. So uh, Kate Sith. Fuck him. So he's a master. <laughs> well, listen, he's a master of disguise. It, it's uh, a little strange that he goes from like giant ca- floofy cats to you know, to literally it's a director ri- riding a, a, <laughs> a a meat suit. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, I mean, and it, I mean, because it seems like at least in that scene, it's like it just you know he kind of the Reeve costume just kind of falls apart like a mannequin. Yeah, it was very but, creepy. And I was just like, how does that work? Like, I know you guys have crazy technology, but, like, this shouldn't mm-hmm. be possible. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so then we get our good old our good old pal Kate Sith back in his with his glorious accent that they kept from Advent Children as well. Um, which I hope... That is one person's... Uh, that's one voice acting decision that I hope stays. You know, as much as I do not like Kate Sith as a character... Um, I hope that he has that really obnoxious Irish accent <laughs> because oh, it, I feel like it really just the studio seemed to really to like it because it's like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, I'm named after this Irish deity. So let me have an Irish accent for no reason. <laughs> it works. I guess. It works. I guess Cause so. You know what I like? And this is, you know, I brought it up earlier that made me kind of realize the direction they could go with this character. Where in Advent Children, they kind of portrayed him as, like, your grumpy uncle. Here, he's, like, your whimsical, like, leprechaun. Like, cat leprechaun. Yeah, it's like, okay, absolutely. the whole whimsical vibe could really work for you. I feel like it's more, yeah. I feel like if they kind of go with that direction more, um, it makes more sense. And, like, yeah, Advent Children, he's kind of, he kind of also uncle, has that little. yelling at Yuffie the whole time. He's like, oh, yeah, fucking, yeah, we cut. Shut your mouth, you brat. <laughs> yeah, fucking, yeah, we cut. Um, <laughs> sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, and it's, just, it's like, oh, I got my fucking, I don't know. I, 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 it's funny. I was just about to rattle off a whole bunch of Scottish uh, things, but mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, I got my iron brew. And I'm going to sit over here and fucking talk shit <laughs> to everybody. But yeah, so as much as I, and it's funny because I feel like this, this iteration of uh, Kate Sith, I feel like has more potential for me to like him, which seems weird because I, I can't even really like, if you ask me why I don't like that character, I couldn't really actually give you a straight up honest answer. Other than that, I remember back in the day not liking him a lot, uh, probably because I didn't like using him in my party <laughs> mm-hmm. at all. And you know, obviously there are story events that uh, kind of were making me like, oh, you're kind of an asshole. Um, but yeah, I, I think hopefully, I, I mean, I don't want to put too much pressure on this game, but uh, hopefully, maybe this game might change my opinion because you know, I'm not, I'm not adverse to uh, cute little. Uh, furry creatures that are like pseudo mascot characters. 
because some of my favorite games. You just got to really capture that whimsical <laughs> vibe is really what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah. Or, you know, have them, you know, I maybe because I was I was trying to think. I'm like, maybe what what would make me like him more? I'm like, it, maybe if he talked with like a Brooklyn accent or something. <laughs> he talked like a wise guy, you know, maybe had like a raspy, like, hey, toots. <laughs> My God, what's going on? Like I and he has like a cigar in his mouth all the oh, time. Oh, see, now I'm picturing it. <laughs> see, now it's coming now together. It's coming see, together. now square, square. You know, that's a free ID. There free it is, ID bro. Right there. there it is, square. Free idea. Uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, then we also get introduced to um, the WRO, who re revis uh, in leadership of, which is the World hey, Regenesis. Hey, hey, I was gonna say, could you tell me what the R stands for? Regenesis. Genesis. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the World Regenesis Organization, uh, which is, uh, I guess, basically just like a sort of, hey, we're. It's like the the United Nations, right? Of like, yeah, we're gonna come together and try and rebuild the planet from. All the events of all the shit that's gone down. Let's just hope they do better than the UN. Yeah, which is um, you know, yeah, ho- hopefully, hopefully <laughs> they do. But uh, you know, it's a monumental task considering all the stuff that has already happened in this world. Oh and yeah. I'm assuming what will happen over the course of this game. But uh, yeah, and then we get a little bit more of uh, get a little bit more gameplay action stuff, and then we get to we get a. Before we had a like a mini boss fight with this helicopter, and then in this weird bizarre turn, uh, we fight it again, and I I wrote down <laughs> I wrote down in my notes, man, that's one angry helicopter <laughs> because it's the same one from before because it's all fucked up from the previous engagement, and then it guess I guess it was hunting Vincent down for revenge or whatever. Because it's, it seems like these helicopters may be, like, unmanned. So that means that this helicopter itself has its own conscience. Oh, <laughs> dear like, lord. I'm going to go fuck this dude up. <laughs> Which is, like, a hilarious idea to me is that this this helicopter got fucked up by Vincent. And then it's just, it's so salty that it lost. <laughs> salty copter. That it's just like, yeah, I'm going to go hunt this dude down. And then uh, I will say that there's, like, this little cutscene that happens at, when you defeat it. That kind of reminds me a little. I don't know. It's like very, uh, very Bayonetta esque, where like Vincent's like he's standing on top of this tower and against the the full moon, and then he does like this his crazy gun kata shit, and then he does his uh, beast ariser fucking limit break. Or <laughs> what? I forgot. I forgot what it was called. Um, his limit break where he turns into a fucking wolf man, or whatever. Whatever. Uh, isn't I, it? Is it a Wolfman? No, or... no, no. Isn't it? Isn't it chaos? Isn't that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah chaos. I, I always just is like ah, it's it's fucking bloody roar or whatever. <laughs> I always when I, I remember when I was younger, I always thought like ah, oh, he's just turning into a werewolf man. Um, and I'd love to give you give everybody a Lucretia quote. Mm. Soul wrought of te- corrupt, quelling impurity, purging the stream to beckon forth an ultimate fate. Behold mighty chaos, Omega's squire to the lofty heavens. Lucretia Crescent. God, that sounds like a Genesis fucking quote. <laughs> that, that, that sounds like a whimsical Genesis quote. 
But hmm, that's, uh, uh, that's got, something. Well, something to think about. And Lucretia said that, so all yeah, you got some nuggets, something to chew on, mm. something to chew on. A little something, a little something to chew Why on. Why was man. she sorry? I don't remember. Let's move on. I don't know, and I, I'm sure it's not going to be the last time that she says those two words Probably together. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, she's got she's got stuff to be sorry for, so I don't blame her. Um, but yeah, so that, that happens and, you know, I feel like this, this first chapter is not really incredibly story heavy. Um, it's kind of just, I guess it's serving more as like a tutorial level, Mm -hmm. I guess, uh, for the player and kind of easing you into this new edgy, edgy, Gotham-esque Final Fantasy universe that we find ourselves in. Mm -hmm. Um... And then, yeah, I think when the, the chapter kind of ends off with uh, Reeves saying, oh, hey, uh, Edge is under attack now. Can, <laughs> and basically like, asking him for help. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, fuck. And yeah, and basically, before, we didn't really mention it, but Vincent's like, yeah, I, I don't really want any part of this. And then Reeves' like, but you helped us beat God earlier. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, yeah, I, yeah, I did. And I'm done. <laughs> As as he rightfully should be. I feel like Vincent, out of all the characters in the FF7 party, I feel like Vincent earns a little... I mean, well, I was going to say he earns a little bit of rest. Yeah. But, you know, he he, <laughs> he, he had plenty of time rest. to sleep, deserves, I guess. He deserves to Just be give left him, alone. Yeah, let him brood under a waterfall somewhere. Yeah. You know, let him let him be his little edge, edgy self. He clearly little, could use it. But, yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I think I mean I I'm I'm super curious because um, even just in this first section of this game, it kind of um, I don't know it, it reignited my curiosity. I'll say here's, of like, here's where I what I take away from it. Already, I'm starting to see the nuggets of gold, but it's like yep. we need to we need to we need to like dust this off a little bit. It oh needs boy. to be needs yeah, a little they're... polishing. There are a couple layers of, of doo-doo on there that need to get waxed off for sure. Yes, but there's a lot of cool stuff in here, man. Yeah, and I think I think I'm I'm excited to go on this journey and hopefully maybe have my mind changed about this. And especially, you know, in considering with how it's going to be reintroduced in the in the near future here. And how it's like, oh, I could maybe be excited about something Dirge of Cerberus related. <laughs> and this hopefully the rest re- of us can, this too. This is what Remake's all about, man. Yeah. It's, all, it's like a second chance for all this compilation material. Yeah, another, another, we, everyone gets a second chance. <laughs> Except maybe, maybe not some, who knows? We don't know. But we'll maybe see. Vincent, maybe Vincent sacrifices himself. Bro, maybe Vincent dies. But we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see. Maybe, maybe Kate Sith dies, and we can all rejoice. <laughs> yeah, I, sorry, I sorry to any now, Kate Sith fans. I am out now there, invested. I am now invested in the saga of Kate Sith winning you over. Yeah, I think I, I, I can see it. I, from the little bit, I mean, I've been, I kind of, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm kind of embellishing a little bit, but, um, I think just from the little bit that I saw in here, and I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe. He can win me around in this game, but who knows? But hey, this game kind of revolves around because, to be fair, Vincent, along with Yuffie and Kate Sith, were kind of underdeveloped characters to say the least. All I think the... in OGFF7. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think I, from one 
uh, sort of like brief overview of this game uh, said that like this game kind of focuses more on the three of them. So I'm like, okay, like I mean, I already kind of liked Yuffie and Vincent already for for who they were, but uh, Kate Sith, you know, could, could I, I'm, use I'm a little work. See. He could use a little work, and hopefully he gets some here, and hopefully he gets some in remake. That you know, hopefully doesn't undo any potential. Uh, you know, like points that he'll get during this uh, breakdown, but I'm I'm curious going forward, and it's something that I've never been more interested in Dirge Cerberus in my life than I am now. I could say the which same. Is a feat in itself. I could if say you ask the me. same. But you know, that's you gotta thank the old the old boys at Square for that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like no, we're, you're you're gonna like it. I think <laughs> we're gonna make you like it one way or another. And I think the good news is we should be done with this whole analysis before Integrate drops. Yes, and then yeah, I think because the, the the game plan so far is that we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna ride on Dirge of Cerberus, and then hopefully Integrate will be out by the time we're done with this. And then the only real big thing that I think we should still cover is before Crisis. Oh yeah, because uh, that that has a lot of things that we were kind of talking about in the Discord. That there's a lot of stuff there that I'm I'm kind of interested in learning about because it's a that's more covering the Turks and Avalanche and all the stuff that I was potentially wanting to know more about from Remake, you know, and the stuff mm-hmm. that we're kind of potentially seeing integrate hopefully, and. Uh, you know, that's just going to be another thing. If, if like, all the other compilation materials, anything to go by, at least in terms of remake, I feel like they're going to be adding a whole bunch of stuff from that in there as well. So I think getting to getting us up, you and me, ourselves, up to speed, as long as everyone else that listens to this podcast, I feel like uh, we'd be doing a good service for the folks out there. That's why we're here, right? That's why we're doing it, folks. Aside from the fact that I enjoy doing this, you you enjoy doing this. It's a lot of fun, man. And honestly, it's like it's good because this means now, like, I'll, I'll daydream less about it when I should be working or like doing chores, you know? Mm-hmm. Because we have this nice oh, yeah. little outlet. It goes a long yeah. way. Yeah, it it helps. It helps with the both of us, and it's it's helped a lot of people uh, that that listen to us that that tell us uh, very nice things to us and. Uh, by the way, I guess uh, this is the end of the episode, I guess, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode ended about 10 minutes ago. So about if you're still hanging ago. out, hey, what's going hey, on? Hey, hey. Welcome How to the post-roll. The post-roll. Uh, yeah, just uh, in case you missed it last week, uh, we are our one-year anniversary is uh, right right up on the hill. I think it's actually next week mm-hmm. from when we're recording this. Yeah. Um, and we said last time that if you guys have any questions that you want to ask us, because we were going to do like a Q&A type thing, uh, send it to us our way, either through our our Instagram or our email, midgarminute at gmail. Um, and if you're on the Discord, uh, send it to us over there. Maybe I might I might make a separate like room or whatever on the Discord where people can just throw their stuff in there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, if there's anything you want to ask us or know about us, um, you know, whether it be related to Final Fantasy or personal lives or whatever, to a certain, with a, with a you know, within reason, Use of course. Use judgment. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, we, we'd be happy to do that, and I think that'd be a cool little thing, because I know that's something that some people have uh, been asking for. But um, I think 
uh, with that, um, uh, would you like to count us down? Close us out, sir. Oh, hell yeah. yes. All right, let's do this. All right. Three. Three, two, two, one, one. Jump Severus.